You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America with Carolyn Grant, your show host. And today I bring to you a wonderful guest who I know that you're going to enjoy her story and the diversity of the things that we have to talk about today in today's show. Elizabeth Allen was my roommate at BYU 42 years ago. That's a long time. And we have had such a wonderful friendship. And during this time of COVID, isn't it wonderful to have the gift of true friends? And uh, there's so many ways that we can become discouraged during this time and without that connectivity. But I hope that this show will encourage you to reach out to a dear old friend and connect with them. Contrary to far apart connections, Elizabeth and I have remained in connection for the past 42 years. We've gone through childbirth together. We've gone through several of my marriages together. And we've she's remained right there with the same beautiful husband. And I'm so grateful for her wonderful example and the things that she has to share with you today. Today, I do want to talk about uh, Elizabeth's gift of healing. I want to talk about the gift of her healing hands and how early on in my life, I became aware of her gift and so grateful for her and for her example. If you could know her, I would wish for everybody to be able to have a friend like Elizabeth. She is she is witty. She has a great sense of humor. She is calm. She is nurturing. She is grounding. She is healing. Her very personality speaks of healing. And so I would love for Elizabeth to share a little bit with you how we met those 42 years ago. I just remember, Karen, she had always a flock of girls around her because she was just bubbly and happy and exuberant and everybody just wanted her wonderful energy. And and I had I was more quiet. And so it, after the first half of the block or whatever it was, we both needed roommates. Our roommates had left. And so when Karen approached me, quiet little me, and said, would you like to be my roommate? I was just, I was so flattered and happy. And I was like, me? You would want me for a roommate? (laughs) Anyway, so we became roommates and it was so fun. We would laugh and we just, she became such a dear friend. And I just, my heart just was so connected to her and her spirit and and we have just been friends all these years. What a gift. How often do you have a friendship that just lasts through the years? So it has been a roller coaster ride at times that we have just loved the comfort that our friendship has brought. And what a blessing. It has. It has been a Matterhorn ride. If you've ever been on the Matterhorn ride at Disneyland, life is just full of twists and turns. And, and now here we go into a beautiful call that we hope will inspire you to reach out to a dear old friend, maybe to a college roommate, somebody who lifts your spirit, somebody that you connect with spiritually and emotionally, and someone you know who has a kindred faith in common as yours. I think the thing that has continued to connect us throughout the years is our is our in 
common love for Christ. We both love the Lord with all of our hearts. And we've been there for each other to wipe away each other's tears during some of my divorces, through the loss of her son when he was 17, Jesse, 16, 16, Jesse, when he died of a rare heart condition, which we'll go into more. We have lots to discuss because I first want you to know Elizabeth as the healer and how each one of us has a gift. And I remember the thing that touched my heart as I, as I knew Elizabeth in our 20s and in our early mothering years was one day standing in my kitchen when Elizabeth shared with me a special blessing that she had received, which talked to her about the gift of healing in her hands. And I remember being so touched and wanting to be like that and wanting to have the gift of healing in my hands. And as the years have gone by, Elizabeth has become an instructor in the Body Talk Method. For those of you who may have heard of that, I went with her to Upledger in San Francisco. She went many years. I went and took cranial sacral. I became a licensed massage therapist while she was teaching Body Talk and flying around the United States teaching women and men. Uh, her body talk sessions and methods and instruction. And so we both went on a path of healing and both down diverse roads, me with massage therapy, her with uh, body talk. But I would love for you, Elizabeth, to share how, how that all came about, how your body talk came to be shared across America. So in, I think it was 2002 when I was able to bring Body Talk to Utah. And before then I had studied a variety of things, midwifery and iridology and herbs and, and therapeutic touch, a lot of different things. And, but what I noticed as I was just going through my own healing journey is that some of the things were re-traumatizing and I and I thought there's got to be something better. In fact, that's one of the things I love so much about Karen's work is just so deep, but it doesn't drag you through, re-drag you through the traumas because that is not necessary. But anyway, so as I was searching, I um, was a TA for a brain lymph class and I met Marita Kufa, who was one of the very first instructors in the body talk system. And I just knew that that was the path I was to take and it ended up being such a blessing. I met wonderful students who I would learn from. In fact, as I taught, what I noticed is that there were times when it was as if the words that were coming through me were also instructing me. I was not only the teacher in those moments, but I was the student as well. I was the student with my students, which was such a blessing. And I, you know, many of my students had such incredible gifts. I would learn just from their gifts. And so it's just a wonderful, I have just loved being the teacher and the student at the same time. And I have loved learning through teaching and practicing. It has been such a gift in my life. I think what I hear you saying is, a call out to everyone out there who has a desire to discover their gift. And maybe your gift is music, or maybe it's art, maybe it's dance, maybe it is the gift of healing hands. And I think one of the points that I'd like to make on today's show is that 
during this time of COVID where we have all been kind of disrupted in in whatever we were doing for a living or um, just in our careers and jobs that so much has changed that it has caused some disruption in even in the lives of those of us who know our purpose, calling, and mission. And now we're wondering, how do I regroup and rewrite and recreate the vision of who I am and what I have to bring and what I have to offer to this world? And I hope that everyone who is listening to this show out there, that you will be inspired to go to God and ask him, what is your gift? I loved Elizabeth's gift. I never felt jealous of it. I felt grateful that she was in my life to exemplify that gift that God had given to her, and it inspired me to go and discover my own. And so one of the things that I would love to encourage each one of you who are listening is sometimes you don't know your gift, or you might be in COVID season and home, out of work, or starting a new job from home, and and things have been disrupted, and you're wanting to know your gift. And I would love to share a quote by Von J. Featherstone, where he, I heard him say, each one of you has been given a gift from God, at least one gift. And if you don't know what your gift is, go and kneel down before your maker and ask him to reveal to you line upon line, precept upon precept, what your gift is. And then after, as that becomes revealed to you over the course of time, usually not in a sudden burst of knowing, but just following your heart's desires, as you polish and perfect that gift, give it back to God and ask him to do as much good with your gift as possible. And I have witnessed that in Elizabeth's life. And I have witnessed how she inspired me to go find my gift. And uh, and from that, hence was born Joy Coaching America and encouraging women across America to discover their gifts and to uh, help out with the area of greeting. Now, Elizabeth, you are no stranger to grief. And I have watched you with your wonderful wit and sense of humor and raising children. And she's babysat my kids and I babysat hers. And, and then there came a day when I was sitting in a restaurant and I got a phone call from you about the passing of your 16-year-old son, Jesse, and what a shock that was. And, and what you have turned that into. And, and in our next segment, we're going to really go over that and your book and, and how that can be a blessing to so many people who may have lost a loved one during this time, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are suffering with depression, with loss. And so I'm excited to hear about your book, excited to hear how this can bless people from all different walks of life who've lost a loved one, especially in the area of those who have committed suicide. Do you have any comments on that? So yes, Jesse, as Karen mentioned, he died of a heart condition. It's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or HCM, which my husband and, uh, well, two other of my children also had. And we knew that Jesse had it. But This is Karen Lynn Grant.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. You're with Karen Grant at Joy Coaching America, and we're interviewing Elizabeth Allen. And Elizabeth, you were just telling us, beginning to tell us about Jesse, your son, how at age 16, he died of a rare heart condition that you discovered that others of your family, your husband and two other children mm-hmm. have this condition. Well, and we knew that Jesse had HCM, but he just never complained. And so when he collapsed and died, just very suddenly out of the blue, we were just, it was the rug was pulled out from underneath my world. And it just, I learned about grief in a very personal, real way. And, and it was, it was very difficult and it led me to just searching. I longed to reconnect with him and I, um, it led me to write a book, which that alone was a journey. And the last, just last year in the last year, the message of my book the, the name of my book is Heart So Big because that's what HCM is. It's an enlarged heart. And um, and so the enlarged heart is, it has, you know, multiple meanings to me. But, but I learned the message, the main message, the most important message was that we are not alone. Our loved ones are around us. God is always with us. He knows our needs before we know. He is there helping us before we even ask. And that is such an important message, and I think especially needed right now where our world is so, so many people are alone and lonely and and feeling just lost. Like, what do I do now? What What is my purpose and my mission now in this crazy, unpredictable world? I agree. And I think that as you talk, I think of my own sister who has been suffering from chronic illness for a number of years. And then the the added grief of not being able to invite her over for dinner and, and for her not being able to come and having a, an immune system that needs to be protected and not be in compromising situations. And how your book about experiencing grief and learning to connect to your son in a whole new way and the realization that we're not alone and that there are ways to connect beautiful ways, even beyond the veil with our loved ones who we have lost, that this can be a a huge source of comfort to families who have lost loved ones during this time, not just only to COVID. And we're going to be talking about your dad, you lost your dad to COVID in April. We'll be talking about him in one of these segments coming up, but but also to those who can't see their loved ones and who are just mourning for the loss of mortal connection. So I'm excited for people to know about your book. Do you know when that will be released for people? Uh my goal is, and I'm projecting December 17th because it's written but I just am doing the final editing and revising. Well, that's going to be beautiful for everybody who is looking to find solace and comfort and consolation during this time. I am excited as we, as we talk and as we share 
I, I love that you have a wonderful heritage. You have a heritage. You're Armenian. Your last name, maiden name when I first met you was Ozunian. And this heritage that you have, and I'm excited for you to share what has brought you to a new love, which is the seeking of truth and the search to know, to discern between truth and error and falsehood and um, and the lies that all of us are trying to wade through and have the gift of discernment for. Joseph Smith said the best thing that this people could do is to get the spirit and keep it. And so, Elizabeth, I would love to ask you, what led you? Maybe you want to talk about your dad. What led you in your discovery of this new passion for finding truth and getting to the bottom of it? So my father, he grew up in Syria um, and he experienced and saw a lot of suffering. In fact, um, he was one of 15 children and he never knew his mother's brothers and sisters, his aunts and uncles, because of the Armenian genocide. Um, I don't know how many are aware of that. Um, but anyway, it was a very, very difficult time. They were afraid to speak their own language. There was, you know, one of his mother's nieces who was, because she was speaking Armenian, they cut out her tongue and he just saw horrific, horrific times. And there was starvation. You know, he saw people digging through manure for undigested grains and and so, I, you know, growing up, I heard these stories at the dinner table and it was, you know, you better eat every bit of your food because because he saw such suffering and he appreciated the the blessings and the food that we enjoyed and and our free country, the freedoms that we have in America. And it is alarming to me how much of our freedoms we have lost and especially this year, my eyes have been opened in a way that never, I just, you know, things have happened so quickly and, and I was, have been just rather alarmed and especially at how many people just seem to be asleep. I'm like, can you not see the danger we are in of the freedoms that we are losing? And so I have been just seeking and searching and praying to be shown truth and for discernment and it has been hard it's hard to see the truth to see the lies to see to feel betrayed those that i was hoping that i could trust many of them are not trustworthy and so it has been quite a journey and i am and i've wanted to help others to see the same dangers and to be aware of the peril that our country is in and that we are in, the freedoms that we have lost. I loved in our discussion earlier how you talked about the 10, the ten foolish virgins and mm. how they were asleep. And I'd love for you to share that parable. Yeah, so one thing that, um, that I didn't realize as I've been studying, well, and over the past few months, the parable of the 10 virgins has come to me over and over but all 10 virgins were asleep in the beginning and then half of them woke up. And, and as I have searched and, and pondered this parable, the understanding of that oil, the oil 
is our connection, our personal connection to God and, and the Savior. And that is the only thing that will get us through the challenging times that are coming. And so, and that's not something that can be shared. That is why they could not share that oil because you cannot share your personal connection and relationship to God. And if you don't have that, you're not, it's going to be difficult. That is the most important thing that we can have. You know, as I have pondered the, the direction of Joy Coaching America and the women that I instruct and lead, I have received that same witness that the most important thing, even though we all belong to different denominations and even political backgrounds, that the most important thing that I can do is to continually talk about having a daily divine appointment and a connection to Christ, because it is only when we have his spirit to be with us that we are able to discern between truth and error. I mean, there are smiling faces out there lying to us. There are faces out there that look grumpy that are telling us the truth. It's really hard to know. And so the importance of having that personal connection to Christ, I think that is one of the most important points that you will hear on this call, that as we strengthen our relationship with the Lord, as we come unto Christ, as we are filled, our lamps are filled with oil, we will be able to shine that light. You know, an oil lamp in in time, ancient times was to bring light into the darkness. And without that oil, without that faith, without that um, commodity of a spiritual connection with Christ, the light will not be on and it will be harder to see who is your friend and who is your enemy in the darkness. And so I just appreciate you bringing that parable to light. And I'm so grateful that together, even though, you know, in the years ago, you were with Body Talk and I was with Massage Therapy and we're combining our love and our passion for Christ to move forward with, with Joy Coaching America, to share with women and men, anyone who wants to come along and get in a little rowboat with us and paddle as fast as we can to safe ground. We are moving forward uh, and we'll be right back after this station break. Thank you. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. You're listening to Joy Coaching America with Carolyn Grant and my guest, Elizabeth Allen, a lifetime friend who has been such an inspiration in my life. And today I'm celebrating the value of close connectivity of dear friends, both on this side and the other side of the veil. Elizabeth has just shared about the connection that she was able to learn how to understand and create a connection with her son after he passed unexpectedly at age 16. And as we move forward, 
how important it is that we believe in the power of angels and the goodness of God and that he will not leave us alone and he will not leave us comfortless. As Elizabeth has been studying and learning and discovering truth in buried places about what's going on in the world today, she has been coming to me and sharing some of these things with me. And the other night she came and shared a video and the video was sharing some some eye-opening things. And yet I felt joy in my heart because when you hear truth, it sets you free from confusion. Even if it's difficult truth. (laughs) Even if it's difficult truth, there's a joy in hearing truth because it will feel your spirit will rejoice because it is truth. And we rejoice in the truth. And so we can know when we're hearing truth because it will lead us to feel the spirit of rejoicing because now we understand Oh, okay. It may not be something we wanted to hear, but isn't it better to know truth and to recognize it than to live in a muddled, confused state of mind, wondering which way is up and which way is down? And Elizabeth asked me to share this with you because after she left that night, after we watched this video, I did say my prayers and I I did tell the Lord that that it has been very confusing to to hear um, truth and lies mingled together and not know which is which and um and to have friends that believe opposite things as you and not to want to sever sweet friendships but to honor each other's agency to believe and so i was awakened with a memory And this memory is the one that Elizabeth wanted me to share with you. When I was 16, my father, he belonged to the Navy. He was a Navy man. He was a commander in the U.S. Navy. And because of that, he was able to take uh, sailing lessons and he would take everybody out sailing in the San Pedro Bay, where I grew up in California. And one day he said he surprised us all with a trip to Catalina Island, my sisters and my mother and I. And here we go. We are on that boat. And my mother spent the entire time out of San Pedro Bay to Catalina with her head bowed over the side of the boat because she was prone to seasickness and she got very, very sick. And as a matter of fact, her seasickness did not stop when we landed in Catalina. She still felt that, well, we were still on the boat and it was still swaying even though we were anchored. And so I spent the three days laying out and getting burned to a beautiful black red crisp. And, um, and then at the end of those three days, my mom still wasn't feeling well. So my father said, we're going to go home, but we're going to sail in the middle of the night so that mom doesn't have to feel the this the movement of the boat as much so she can sleep as much as possible during the trip home and so we all went down to bed in the hull and uh, got in our sleeping bags and our little beds and and dad was up there he was letting out the jib and manning the sails and turning the rudder and getting us home all in the dark and as he was clipping along and we were sound asleep suddenly there was a sharp turn. Usually when dad turned the boat, he'd say, get ready to come about. But we were all asleep and he didn't have time. And so he made that sharp, quick, abrupt turn to the left. And all I remember was flying out of bed 
and uh, the zipper scraping my sunburn and then hoisting myself up the little ladder and saying, dad, what happened? And he said that as he was clipping along with the wind blowing at so many knots and it was going fast, we were traveling quickly. The wind was all great, I guess, for a quick return home. But suddenly he had seen the light of the lighthouse trailing across and casting a path of light across the water, shining on a big black, big black, dark barge that was submerged under the water and perhaps only two feet of it were above the water. And when the light from the lighthouse suddenly caught a clip of this barge, luckily my dad was paying attention and he was able to hoist and maneuver the sails and maneuver the rudder and and get ready to come about and did so without any warning. Hence, we all flew out of our beds. And as I remembered this, after Elizabeth showed me this video, I thought, wow, Heavenly Father, you are the man at the helm. And you are reeling in the jib and you're letting out the sails and you're, you're going to be taking some sharp turns. And we, some of us are asleep. And as I shared this with Elizabeth, she had a profound understanding of that memory, symbolically speaking. And Elizabeth, I would love for you to share what you got out of that childhood memory that was brought to my attention after praying that God would protect America from the unseen forces. Yes. So as um, you talked about the light shining on that hidden barge in the dark, it impressed upon my mind how important we need the light. We need the light of truth. We need the light of the gospel to be to show us those hidden barges that otherwise we're going to hit and capsize and be lost at sea and possibly lose our lives it is vital right now we have to know the truth because if you don't know the truth i mean as we mentioned the truth will set you free but the truth right now could save our country could save our lives could save our families we must be awakened to our awful situation and it is it has become things have been happening we have been losing our freedoms and we have been asleep to it and as people are waking up and realizing our dire situation you know people are starting to stand up and say what do we do to preserve to get back our freedoms that have been lost it's really true. And I think about, as you talked about your dad and the things, the horrific things that he saw as a little boy and as a young man. And I remember you sharing with me, and I'd love for you to share what happened to his friend. Mm. Yes. One day, you know, he was walking home with his friends and, and the kind of tyranny that he grew up with. The next day he went out and in the town square there, one of his friend's heads was on a pole. And they just lived in that terror. They didn't dare even talk about what they were going through because they feared if they did talk about it, they would lose their lives. And and this year, as I've been um, searching for truth, and I and I have been blessed to be part of a book club. One of the books that we read is called "The Girl with Seven Names," written by a young woman who escaped from North Korea. And oh my goodness. 
you know, we don't realize sometimes people, even, even people in my own family, they, I've heard them say, oh, what's wrong with communism or socialism? Wouldn't it be a good thing? And I thought, you just don't know. You do not know the truth. You have been deceived. And when you understand how those countries really work and what really happens, it is terrifying and it is not good. It is not God's plan. It is not. You know, recently, Dell and I watched a movie called The Return to the Hiding Place. And it's about a man named Hans Poli, who was one of the first people that Corey Ten Boom and her sister Bessie took into their place in Holland to protect some of the Jews. And as you study the significant lives and realize that everybody has a story. It is so fascinating. I loved the movie, The Hiding Place about Corey Ten Boom. And there's a couple different versions and they're all good. I think I've seen all of them, but this one was a, uh, it was on the station. There's a, a channel out there called Christian Cinema. And so we, Dell found this and it was the return to the hiding place and the true, based on a true story of Hans Pulley and his friends who Corey Ten Boom called the Student Army. And um, we are just privileged to have the freedoms that we have and to be able to think about what is going to be our role, what is our gift to bring to America and to our friends and family and to this nation. We'll be right back to discuss more with you on Joy Coaching America. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. This is Karen Grant with Joy Coaching America and my very dear friend, Elizabeth Allen, who is of Armenian heritage and descent, and who has shared the story with us about her father growing up in Syria and the things that he saw living in a communist country and where their freedoms were snuffed out and taken from them. As we continue with this program, Elizabeth, it's reminding me that every single one of us has a gift. We all have a purpose. We all have a cause. We all have a mission. And it may be time to get on our knees and, and strengthen our ties with deity and ask, what would you have me do now, Lord? Mm -hmm. In this set of circumstances, what would you have me do? Where would you have me be? What would you have me learn? And how would you have me help and assist? And as I think of that, I think of my great-great-great-grandfather, Colonel Aaron Rowley in the Revolutionary War served with George Washington, and I found beautiful documents about that. I have found um, documents in the Salt Lake City Genealogy Library of my great-great-grandfather, Heman Allen Rowley Sr., who my dad, Allen Rowley, was named after. And then he had three sons, and his three sons were Heman Rowley Jr., Marshall Rowley, and Aaron Rowley. And all three of these men 
grandpa and two great great uncles played musical instruments in the Civil War. And they marched out onto the battlefield playing their fife and drum and bugle, no weapons in the musicians' hands. They were the first ones out. And wouldn't that feel a little vulnerable? And as, I, as we look at our heritages, how fun it is to go look at our histories and the people that have uh, made sacrifices for us and then ask ourselves a very important question. Are we willing to make some sacrifices as well to protect our families, children, to defend the gifts of our freedoms? Last night, I have to tell you a funny story. Dell came in laughing. He had been hanging Christmas lights on the roof. And as he was hanging these lights, he heard the news. And he heard that in one state, he said, Karen, this is kind of, you know, humorous, but in one state, they have said that everybody must wear masks during Thanksgiving at, in their homes, and they cannot sing together as families, and therefore they would prefer them not to listen to music. And I said, why can't they listen to music? And he said, well, they said that if they do listen to music to keep it really low, because if they feel tempted to turn it up, then somebody might have to shout over the top of it and that might spread COVID. And I thought, oh, you know what? I, I stand like I really do not want to get COVID. And I am very aware of this. I have dear friends who have gotten it. But I also feel like, are we not allowed to sing? And uh, are we not allowed to, to almost, I, I hope that they never get to the place where they say we can't pray out loud. But as we think about our heritages, it might be a fun time while you're at home. Go to Ancestry.com or one of these genealogy sites and learn some of the stories of your people. I loved hearing about your dad, Elizabeth. And that explains to me, I never understood when I met him when I was a bridesmaid at your wedding. He Here's this handsome man, and he is very stoic and has this stern, like almost like um, Captain Von Trapp and the sound of music. And I, I remember feeling like, oh, I don't want to ruffle his feathers. And that helps me to understand what this man went through as a little boy, as a little child, and how... Each one of us needs to ask these important questions. Who am I? What am I doing on the planet now? And what can I do? Earlier, we were talking about suicide rates. And I want to go back to that and to the mental health, the emotional health of people uh, around the world, but especially right now, um, where they say that COVID is the worst and probably in America. And can you talk about some of those statistics with us? Well, and I want to, one of the things you said reminded me an important thing that I learned in the body talk world, and that is that fear actually makes us more susceptible to viruses. Viruses are very activated by our emotions. And so all of the fear that is being brewed and stewed and concocted is causing people to be more sick. And so, you know, telling us we can't sing and creating fear about about things that actually really make us healthier. It just is, it's kind of crazy to me. But, um, okay, remind me what you wanted me to say about my father? 
Well, I don't remember. <laughs> but I love, but I really love that took me onto a whole tangent of if singing and and laughing can strengthen our immune system. It does. And I know I've studied that uh, laughter can strengthen your large intestine. And so really having a positive mental attitude is so vital. We really do need to joy coach ourselves and our families and keep upbeat and positive and, and believe that we have strong immune systems in a book by Grant Vaughn Harrison in the book, um, The Eye of Faith. He says uh, there's a story about a man who overcame cancer by imagining wolves eating up the dead and the diseased um, leukocytes in his body. And I think, you know, through the power of positive thought, and I know that might sound like wishful thinking, but it is if not. <laughs> we need to raise the world's vibration to joy. We need to turn people's hearts back to the true healer, the divine physician, the one who can heal all wounds and allay our fears and set our little boats into the path of the lighthouse and get our little oars out and start rowing for emotional and spiritual safety. And having joy, joy in the gospel and in God and in each other and rejoicing together. That will bring us strength and health, not being cowering fearfully in our basements and in corners, avoiding each other like everyone has the plague. That is what brings sickness. It's true. And I, I can't help but think uh, last night as Del and I were decorating for Christmas a month early. I mean, we're, we're just in mid-November and this is like two and a half weeks earlier than we usually start. But he said, Karen, let's just decorate for Christmas and let's just have a very long, happy season since we're together. And, and I thought about um, the Who's in Whoville. And the Grinch who stole Christmas and how the Grinch did everything in his power to steal Christmas and bag up all the toys and bag up the beast and bag up the, the Christmas candy and the Christmas goodies. And then how astonished he was when he looks out his cave window and sees all the Who's in Whoville holding hands and singing. And I thought, you know, we're going to keep on singing. We've got to keep on singing. We've got to keep on We've got to keep on praising the Lord in our hearts. Having we really hope. Do. We've got to pass the hope and pass the love and pass the joy and remember our ancestors and those who we have lost and who we miss and remember dear friends and connect often with our loved ones and buoy them up and be the joy coach, be the one that is spreading encouragement and love and joy and happiness and hope and hope. I can say that some of the videos that Elizabeth has sent to me have brought me hope because I have felt truth. And I want to encourage you to do as that parable, to wake up like all of these children sleeping in the boat, uh, to wake up and to begin really turning to the Lord even more so, maybe with double portion strength and ask, what would you have me do now? And what gift do I have to bring to this season of the world's history? And ask, what do I need to do to prepare? What do I need to do to help my family prepare, my children, my grandchildren, my neighbors? 
you know, this is an important question right now. How do I prepare? Show me truth, strengthen me, and help me to strengthen my neighbors and my brothers and my sisters, because that that's the bottom line, really. And we have been told when you have been warned, warn your brother, warn your sister, warn your neighbors. And I think that that whole thought about preparation is really important. Del came in this morning and said, did you hear that there's now a new paper towel and toilet paper shortage? People are getting concerned. Again, a new round of this. And so there's so many ways to prepare. We'll do a whole nother show on preparation. I want to turn the, the thoughts back to the Lord and to things that we can do to keep him forefront so that our faith can be strengthened. As a young girl, I remember going through different things and, and watching my friends choose different paths. And that was really hard to watch. But at that time, I found the Lord and I wanted to know if there really was a God. And I pursued searching that out and finding that truth for myself. And I promised him that if he would let me know that he truly exists, that it would change my life forever. And it did change my life forever. And I came out of that beautiful experience on February 15th, 1975, where I got my witness that yes, Karen, there is a God and he does love you and you do love him. And uh, I came out of that with the gift of songwriting. And the songs were not songs of the world or for the world. They were songs of the Savior and for the Savior. And now as I go on my mission and lock arms with Elizabeth, and as we go and we bring our collective groups and we reach out for others who have gifts too, to bring, to comfort, to bring solace, to build faith, to build courage. I'm so excited to, to be turned to my dear friend and to be reminded of her beautiful gifts. That we never need to be jealous of another person's gift because how blessed are we to have them and their gift in our lives. And Elizabeth has been there during many times of trial in my life. And I'm so grateful for the dear friendship that God bestowed on me when he gave me Elizabeth. Turn to a friend today, find an old friendship, and rekindle it. This is Karen Lynn Grant. Say goodbye, Elizabeth. Goodbye. Keep singing. (laughs) Bye, everybody.